Hello, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. This week, Jim talks about the kingdom of God. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. It's funny, we, we have teaching team meetings, and we get together, and we decide who's doing what, and when, and who's going, and stuff like that, and for, and we don't, we kind of plan, but we don't kind of plan. That's how we do it. And these last couple times, for some reason, without meaning to, I follow Irene. And I think I got it this time. I think I got it. It clicked. Um, and it's always interesting because Irene sets me up. And we don't talk and we don't like you do this or anything like that. In fact, the last meeting I wasn't even at because it was in March. I wasn't even there. John called me and said, we picked this date. This is for you. Uh, And I'm like, okay. And so it's really interesting how Kyle and Irene just really set this up. Kyle went through Acts and talked about the, the church and how they lived their life and what they did. And then Irene talked about the keys of the kingdom and that you're loved, you're chosen, you're called, and you got to know who you are. That those are the keys, that when you get those keys of the kingdom, they unlock the box. And she had a box over here. She had keys and she had all kinds of boxes over here that those keys open those boxes. And she had a box over here, and she said, the keys that I have don't unlock that box. And the reason they don't unlock that box is because that's not the box for me, that you have to know which box, that when you're in the kingdom, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyways, so it's really interesting how it's, it's all lined up and that I keep following you, and somehow you always set these up, and I say that, what I'm about to teach, she just taught a lot better than I'm about to do. So go back and listen to hers. And so this morning, we're going to talk about the kingdom. And we're going to talk about the kingdom of God and how it is relevant for us today. And it's interesting that when you talk about the kingdom, the first thing you have to do is what is the kingdom? And it's tough because you can't describe the kingdom. And even Jesus, when he was here on earth, had a hard time describing what the kingdom was. And he used it in a lot of metaphors. The kingdom is a way. The kingdom is the dominion of the king. Um, Jesus, when he described it, he described it as a way. He said it's a farmer sowing a seed. It's a merchant looking for pearls. It's, it's a king preparing for a wedding banquet. It's landowners working in the day. And then he also, turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. He also not only talked about it as a way, he also talked about it as a location. When he described the kingdom. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, it says, From that time, 
stop right there. From that time, at that point, everything that had happened, Jesus was with John the Baptist. He was baptized. He went into the wilderness. He was tempted. And then John the Baptist has been captured and is in prison. So all these things happen. From that time, Jesus began preaching and saying, repent for the kingdom of God and in heaven is at hand. And he's saying it's right here, it's right now. In fact, that word hand in the Greek means to bring near. It means to join. It's also translated as the word approach. Whenever they were traveling, it would say, and they approached the, the gate of Jerusalem or they approached the wall. That word approach is the same word for at hand. It means to take one destination and bring it over to another destination. When Jesus said the kingdom is at hand, he was saying it was right here. It was somewhere else, and now it's right here. He was declaring that the kingdom exists. It's what we call the now and the not yet, that the kingdom of God is here, but the full fulfillment of the kingdom of God is not here yet. That'll happen when Jesus comes back. So the kingdom is here and basically, the fact that it's here, when he says it's at hand, what he's saying is, I'm looking for people to see it. I'm looking for people to acknowledge. I'm looking for people to wake up and to see that the kingdom is here. I'm looking for people to acknowledge that it exists. I'm looking for people to welcome it. I'm looking for people to agree with it. Just turn left to Matthew chapter 3. This happens before Jesus says uh, that the kingdom of God is at hand. And John talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is where uh, John, the Baptist, and Jesus come together. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. This is John the Baptist talking. He says, repent, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is one referred to in Isaiah the prophet when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Now John himself the garment of camel's hair and leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Let's skip, skip. Uh, let's go to verse, let's go to verse 10. The axe is already laid at the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. As This is John saying, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals, and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Skip verse 12. Verse 13, Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you, but you come to me. Verse 15, Jesus answered and said, Permit it at this time, for it is way fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. And being baptized, Jesus came up immediately in the water, and behold, heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lightning on him. And behold, a voice is out of heaven. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus shows up to John. And he says, you need to baptize me. And John says, uh, I just got done saying I'm not worthy to remove your shoes. And you want me to baptize you. And Jesus says something interesting. He said, let's do this because it's, it's fitting to fulfill 
all righteousness. That's an interesting statement. To fulfill righteousness. And, Jesus, and so John takes him and he baptizes him. And he comes up out of the water and heaven opens. And let me tell you, it never shut. Heaven opens. The Spirit of God comes down. The Holy Spirit, like a dove, rests on top of Jesus and God speaks. All those three things happen. And what did Jesus say? I need to do this to fulfill all righteousness. That was the purpose. That in that moment, heaven opens, the Holy Spirit comes down, and God speaks. Right then and there, the kingdom is shown. And what does God say? What does he say? I heard you guys want someone else to say. This is my son. Immediately, he establishes family. Immediately, he establishes the spirit of adoption. Heaven opens. The Holy Spirit comes down. And God says, this is my son. In that is the fulfillment of your righteousness. Because God looks at you and he calls you his son. That is the king of the kingdom coming to earth, and he's inaugurating, he's inaugurating his kingdom. That's the inauguration day. That's heaven opening and the kingdom showing up. That's why when we just read that verse, after all that, he shows up and he says the kingdom of God is at hand. Because of all of that happening. I can't describe to you the kingdom. I can't tell you what it is. In fact, my opinion is it's too big for our own minds. So I need some help to show you what the kingdom is like. So I'm going to get a little help. This is to show you the kingdom. I want to introduce to you, I never got his name. It changes every day. It was Freddie last. This is Sydney and Venice's fish. Freddie for today. Tomorrow might be different. This fish and this tank and this castle is going to show the kingdom of God. First thing I want you to notice is he's swimming in water. I know this is deep. Fish swimming in water. I gotta write that down. The water represents the kingdom of God. It's everywhere. There's no place the fish goes that the water doesn't go. It encompasses everything. It encompasses the fish. It encompasses the castle. Everything the fish has to do, everything the fish needs to do, the water is involved. The water is the kingdom. The kingdom of God is the unique atmosphere of the purposes of God. The water equals the fish's atmosphere. It's where he gets his breath. 
It's where he gets his life. That's the kingdom. The kingdom is the atmosphere of the king. And it encompasses everything. Now the fish, we're going to call him Freddy. The fish, that represents the church. And if you notice, the fish needs the water to survive. The church needs the kingdom to survive. And not only that, you take your hand in there and you grab that fish and you pull him out of the water and you put him right here. What's going to happen? He's going to die. He'll flip around. He'll be gasping for air. See, the fish isn't himself, isn't being a true fish unless he's in the water. You take the fish out of the water, he stops being himself. He stops relaxing. He stops being the way he was created to be as a fish. The water lets the fish be himself. The kingdom lets the church be itself. Sonship. Remember what did God say when Jesus came up out of the water and baptized? He said, this is my son. Sonship is how we enter into the new life with, with the Father. The kingdom is how we exist in that life. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is talking about the kingdom and he's going through all these different parables and he's saying, it's like this, it's like that, it's like this, it's like that. And at the very end of the chapter 13, he says, he says this, chapter, Matthew chapter 13, verse 33, he says, the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. You don't exist, you don't survive in the kingdom, you thrive. It says you will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father. That the kingdom, what the kingdom does is just like what that water does to that fish. The kingdom lets you be yourself and lets you be the way God created you to be. He doesn't, the water isn't fighting against the fish and the fish isn't scared of the water. They coexist. Now, they're two different things. The water and the fish are two different things. The kingdom and the church are two different things. But they're inseparable. Just like the fish and the water are inseparable. Our problem is, is when we get that reversed and we think that they are inseparable. But we'll get to that. The atmosphere of the kingdom and the actions of the kingdom all come together with the church, all come together with the fish. In Corinthians, you're called a new creation, that you've been set aside, that you've been made holy, that you've been made righteous, that all these things are in you. And we are the son of the father through Jesus. We have the spirit of adoption and we've become the son. But we need the atmosphere of the kingdom to act out those things that have been put inside of us. You remove the kingdom and you remove us being ourselves. Just like you take that fish out of that water and you stop being, the fish stops being who he is. 
He's one step closer to being sushi. <laughs> Sorry, Vince. The true nature of the fish is when he agrees to be in the water. If he decides, I don't want to be in that water anymore, I don't want to do anything with that water, what's, and he jumps out of that water, he's then in a world of hurt. Because whether or not he realizes it, the water is what makes him who he is. And the water is how he acts exactly how he's supposed to act and be how he's supposed to be. The kingdom was made to fit in everything that we built. The kingdom was made to encompass everything that we're involved in. It's not supposed to be separated. When we separate it, it's when there's no life. Now, if you notice, there's, there's, there's this castle. How am I doing on time? Ooh, I'm running out of time. There's this castle. And the fish is hanging out with the castle. And he's not, uh-oh, there he goes. <laughs> he's hanging out with this castle. The castle doesn't bother him. He's with it, and there's one point where he goes in, and he goes out of the castle. And he has no problem with it, and it's not bothering him. In fact, he's used to it, and it's part of his daily life. Turn with me to Matthew. No, turn with me to Mark chapter 7. We're going to talk about the castle. And I'm going to go a little quick because I'm running out of time. Uh, let's, I know I said I'll go quick, but let's start with verse one. Let's start with verse one. The Pharisees, some of the scribes, gathered around him who they'd come from Jerusalem. They'd seen some of the disciples were eating their bread with the impure hands and is unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they carefully washed their hands, thus observing the traditions of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they cleanse themselves, where there are many other things which have not received in order to observe the washing of the cups, the pitchers, the coppers, the pots. The Pharisees, excuse me, the Pharisees and the scribes asked him. Okay, I'm at verse 5. So they see they're following Jesus, and they see the disciples eating, and they hadn't gone through a cleansing process. It didn't, it's not that they didn't wash their hands. It's not that they weren't clean. It was that they didn't go through this cleansing process, this ritual that they're supposed to do. The Pharisees were ritual police, and they would run around saying, you didn't do this, and you didn't do that, and you didn't do this. Um, so they noticed that their disciples didn't go through this cleansing process where they actually do the dishes and all this stuff. They didn't do this, and they started to eat. And so they asked Jesus this question, verse 5. The Pharisees said to the, and the scribes, asked him, what do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat their bread with impure hands? And this is Jesus' response. And I'm going to read it to you out of the NIV because I like how it says it. Mark chapter 7, verse 6. It says, Jesus replied, You hypocrites, 
Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, and, and they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Verse 8, for you ignore God's law, and you substitute your own tradition. Verse 9, and then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold your own traditions. Let's skip to verse 13. It says, you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many. Jesus, they're pointing out that they didn't cleanse themselves. They didn't go through this ritual. They didn't do these things that we're supposed to do. And they asked Jesus, how come you're letting the disciples eat when, this, when they didn't do this? And Jesus responds to them that they're making traditions more important than the laws of God, that they've taken these rules and they've added more to it and they've made it more important. In other words, they've taken tradition and they've made it more important than God's heart. They've made it more important than the things that God wanted to do. And look at what he said. He said in verse 8, he said, you ignore God's law and substitute it with your own tradition. Verse 9, he says, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to have your own tradition. And in verse 13, he says, you cancel the word of God to hand down your own tradition. You've taken God's heart completely out of the equation. And you've put your own tradition in place of it. The castle represents the tradition of men. We call it Tom, because tradition of men is too long. The fish doesn't have a problem with the tradition. The fish is moving in and out of the castle. The fish swims around it. He goes in it, he goes out it, he does anything he can. Jesus never said traditions were bad. Jesus pointed them out that they've taken the tradition and they took the heart of God, they took the kingdom out, and they put the tradition in the place. Now, fish goes in the castle. Fish has no problem with the castle. Swims around it, swims in it, swims out of it. He's back and forth. He's doing what he can. Fish swims in the castle. I pull that castle out and I set it right here, what happens to the fish? It freaks out. It starts gasping for air, it starts flipping around, it dies. But it likes the tradition. It has no problem with the tradition. Why does it taking it out and putting it here change the tradition, change how the fish likes the castle? Really? I have the castle right here. No one knows why the fish is freaking out. Doesn't have the water. There's no water. It needs the water to be itself. So the tradition has to have the kingdom to be what it is. Our traditions aren't bad. It's when we replace them. All right, I'm losing time. It's when we replace them. with what God had planned, that we hold on to it so much. He says you sidestep the law 
and you put your tradition in the place. That's when we get out of balance. That's when we take things and we make them more important than what God wants to do. And that's why we have churches that are broken and we have churches that nobody wants to be at because our building isn't who we are. Our traditions aren't who we are. What we do and what we say isn't who we are. It's the kingdom is who we are. I'm almost out of time, but I'm going to talk quickly about two missionaries that we have here. And they don't know that they're missionaries, and one just left. And I was hoping she'd stay, but I'm going to talk about her anyway. They don't know that they're missionaries, but I want to talk about George and Irene. What George and Irene do, she makes jewelry. She sells leggings. George roasts peanuts in different flavors, and they set up these booths, and they go to these festivals. And, the, and I know this because he helped us get our start. And they set up these booths, and they set up these tents, and they sell these things, and they do this stuff. And that's a lot, a lot of times why you don't see them here, because they're gone, because they do things on Sunday. But all of that is a farce. <laughs> All of that is a facade because what they are is they're missionaries. And what they do is they show up to these events and they do it with the same people and they do it with different people, but they immediately, they get set up. I, I know this because I've watched them do it. They get set up, they do their thing, they're all set up, and then, and then they start wandering. <laughs> and they start talking to other vendors. And, and they have relationships with them. And George will go up and be like, hey, uh, uh, I have a little bit of a George impression. Hey, uh, last week, <laughs> last week, your father was sick. We prayed for him. What happened? Oh, oh, he got better. Praise God. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's better, but my back hurts today. Let's pray for it. And right then, it, I've seen him do it. Right then and there, he stops what he does, and he prays for them. People are drawn to their tents constantly. Some of them don't know why. Sometimes they're customers. Sometimes they're just vendors. And they're constantly drawn to those two, to what they're doing all the time. You know why? Because the kingdom is wrapped in everything they do. Yeah. And are they at church? No. Are they here all the time? No. Does it matter? No. You know why? Because they're out there being themselves. They're out there being the fish that they're supposed to be, and they're bringing the kingdom wherever they go. And you walk into their booth, and you can feel it. You can feel the kingdom. And they go out there. They say they're selling roasted nuts, and they say they're selling jewelry, but they're not. Because they're there giving the kingdom. And they're impacting. We've seen it. I've seen it happen. You can't be sick and hurt and broken around George and Irene because immediately they're on it. They understand the kingdom and they bring it with them. Okay, I'm going to do one more thing real quick and then we'll, we'll be done. Maybe, maybe we'll do next week. 
Let's do the next. Okay, we'll do this next one real quick. The picture, yeah. Okay. This is how we should focus our lives. The church is a result of the proclamation of the kingdom. Jesus didn't give a commission to build the church. Jesus told us to proclaim the kingdom. Jesus said, we're going to turn to it, but we'll skip it because of time. But Jesus said, Jesus is with their disciples, and he says, who, who, do you say, who do people say I am? Oh, you're this, you're that, you're that, you're this, you're that. And he goes, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus turns to him and says, Peter, upon that, I will build my church. Upon that declaration of, I, of Jesus is the Christ and he's the Son of God, on that, Jesus says, I will build my church. It's not our job to build the church. Jesus said he's going to do it. It's our job to proclaim the kingdom. And the problem is, is when we have this backwards and we're focused on the church and we're hoping that the kingdom pops up behind us as we go along. You know that verse that we quote all the time? Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, all these things will be added to you that we quote and we don't do Anyways, um, when we seek the kingdom, when we go after the kingdom, the resulting is the church behind us, is the resulting of the fish being in the water and being comfortable and swimming in and out of the castle and it not being something that takes control over or takes the life out of. Our focus is always the kingdom. The result is always the church. It shouldn't be you have an unsaved friend and you invite them to church so they can come to church Sunday morning and hear a gospel message and get saved. Because their salvation is from you declaring the kingdom in their life. It's not your job to get the unsaved person here so the pastor can get them saved. That's not his job. It's your job to declare the kingdom and to show the kingdom. We're here to proclaim the kingdom and we're here to let the church be the result. We're not here to build either one of them. It's a good word. Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church's podcast. We're located in Goodyear, Arizona. To learn more about our church, visit our website, azvineyard.com. That's A-Z-V-I-N-E-Y-A-R-D.com.